What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Asian MMA Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything going on in the world of Asian MMA. This episode is brought to you by Soccer Kicks. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm Dana Bluen, and today is my FMD 16 recap. Overall, this was a great night of fights for Asian MMA. Some of the biggest players in the sport, some of the standouts in Asian MMA were on the card. It was streamed live on Fox Sports Asia's Facebook page. And at the time of this recording, it had done just over 36,000 views. This is about 24 hours after the event. One of the big announcements made at the beginning of the show was that the promoters from the FMD will be launching a new fight league called Kumade 3000, Asian Prize Fighting Association. Now, if you know anything about FMD, if you're in the scene, you know that it is very much sort of an 80s, 90s action movie-esque promotion. They really try to capture that gritty action movie feel from that era. Kumite 3000 is going to be something different. I have a feeling it's going to be something very futuristic. It's going to be taking place in different countries around Southeast Asia and have fighters from all the countries in the tournament. I imagine the promotion is going to look something like if Demolition Man met Bloodsport. That's sort of how I picture it. Kind of knowing John Nutt and the way his mind works, I, I kind of have a feeling that's what we're going to see. Or something kind of like a, a classic rollerball meets running man type of thing, possibly. It's going to be awesome no matter what it is, so check it out. Now, one of the big fights I talked about in my preview was Ukrainian Stan the Man versus the Malaysian Superboy, Azriel Azat. And I had predicted that despite Azriel's significant experience in Mima and UB, he was not going to be able to stand up to the power of Stan simply because Stan is a true heavyweight. Azriel looks like a, probably a welterweight who enjoys McDonald's a bit too much. Now, Azriel's a fantastic brawler. He's done really well for himself in Mima and in UB. But when you put him up against Stan, who is just bigger, stronger, and naturally a big boy, very lean, very muscular, you know, he just, I, I kind of had a feeling he wasn't going to be able to hold up to that. And that's the way that it played out. Stan's stand up looked amazing. He was clearly, clearly significantly stronger than Azriel. Every punch that landed pushed Ezreal back. You know, we didn't get to see Stan's ground, which I said I saw at the jiu-jitsu tournament. It didn't look fantastic. His stand-up was crisp, though, but even more impressive than that was how controlled, composed, and measured he looked. He was in, Keep in mind, this is an amateur debut, and he was able to step back on his punches, take his time, pick his shots, you don't often see that with amateurs, especially amateur debut. So, I mean, that speaks worlds. If his ground game gets up to where his stand-up looked to be, I mean, he was throwing crisp, clean combinations, controlled, composed. He's going to be a force. Now, keep in mind, like I said, he's a natural heavyweight. It's not easy to get fights at heavyweight in Southeast Asia. I would expect we see him go pro sooner rather than later, and I would expect to see him potentially step into a bigger organization. Risen, anyone? Risen, are you calling Stan the man? Because you should be. He would fit perfectly in with what Risen is. 
it was absolutely just amazing. Now, that fight aside, another fight I just want to talk about quickly is Jack Tan, Tan John versus uh, Ung Kwai Kwai from Myanmar. Now, I, I don't want to have to talk about this fight, but I kind of have to because Jack Tan came in with absolutely no cardio. You know, he was able to land takedowns at will. He was clearly the more well-rounded fighter, but he didn't have the gas tank to do anything with it, and that was upsetting. I mean, a lot of people, you know, talk about the heart it takes to step in the cage, and that's absolutely true. But when you're a professional fighter, when you're fighting professionally, you need to come in with some gas tank. To me, the, the absolute lack of cardio that Jack Tan had made me think that he didn't do any training at all for this fight that he's not been keeping his cardio up to where it needs to be or his bare minimum maintenance level because he was just completely gassed. He looked like he wanted to quit on the stool between the first and second, but his corner forced him up off. And then he finally quit on the stool between the second and third, and just it was embarrassing. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it again, but fighters, Protect yourself. Do yourself a favor. Protect yourself physically, your reputation. Do your cardio. So if you do get an opportunity for a fight, you're at least in decent shape if you don't have a camp. With that, I want to jump over to one of the other fights I was really excited about, which was Vinat Graywall versus Javier uh, Truello. Now, I, I said in the, in the preview that this was Vinat's pro debut ton of amateur experience at a very high level amateur in MIMA. He's done incredibly well for himself in MIMA as well. We've seen his skills develop over the years. He's really cleaned up his stand-up, his ground. He's a well-rounded fighter, but he's taken on a FMD veteran, you know, in Javier, who has just been a beast. And Javier is coming off a loss to Mehdi Bahari in the last FMD about a year ago. So he was hungry for this win. And I, I think it just showed that competing at that pro level just gave Javier too much of an edge and experience over Vinod, and he was able to finish it fairly quickly with a rear naked choke. One of the things I, I will say here, though, is that Vinod was game. He kept coming forward, he landed some good shots, and he was able to hold his own a lot against the cage and on the ground. He was able to get back up, improve his position, he just got caught with the rear naked choke at the end. It, it was the experience that kind of edged him out. But I really look forward to, you know, whatever Vinat has in the future as a pro. I think he's going to do very well. And Javier, just he looked hungry. He looked fantastic, sharp. You know, his move to elite has obviously, you know, done something for him. He looked fantastic. So I, I don't know what's next for Javier. I doubt he's going to wait for the next FMD. He's going to be looking for something. So keep your eye out for that because that man is going to be a wrecking machine you know, on the Asian MMA scene. Now, the next fight, though, the next fight I'm going to talk about is the Women's Atomweight Championship. And this was the shocker of the night. In my... In my preview for this event, I talked about, you know, the background a little bit of Luma and Amp. And I had predicted that Luma was going to walk away with this, that it was going to be really be a one-sided affair. I could not have been more wrong. I think everyone was kind of in the same camp as me, thinking that Luma had this in the bag. And Amp wanted to prove everyone wrong, because despite the fact that Luma being an Invicta and a Pancrase vet, Amp wanted none of that. 
she came out. She landed hard right away. She backed Luma up against the cage. She controlled the pace. She controlled the exchanges. You know, and they ended up, you know, both landing a kick, sort of ending up in a scramble. Amp was able to take Luma's back. Once she secured position, she transitioned very quickly into an armbar, went belly down. It was deep. You could almost see the pain on Luma's face. She was forced to tap. There was no getting out of how deep Amp had this armbar. You know, just over two minutes into the first round, Amp takes the victory, hands Luma her first defeat, and becomes the first ever woman's Adam Weight champion. I, I think everyone was just silenced. Everyone was blown away by that performance. And it changes the landscape of women's MMA in Southeast Asia, especially 105 pounds. Everyone has put been put on notice. Amp is coming for you. Guys, if you follow women's MMA, women's MMA in Southeast Asia especially is always aggressive. They always come out ready to bang. And that 105-pound you know, weight class is just crazy. And AMP is about to turn it on its ear. That brings me to the main event. Now, this is where we saw a 4-0 Mehdi Bagari take on MMA, Asian MMA standout. 19 and 5. He corrected me from my uh, second episode where I did the preview. I got his fight record wrong. He's 19. He was 19 and 5, Glenn Sparve. Now, these guys both weighed in at the same weight. At the fight, Glenn Sparve looked like he was two weight classes heavier than Medi Bagari. Physically, that much larger. He just had muscle meat hanging off his frame. He looked insanely big. I don't know, he is a weight-cutting master. I will say, though, for only being his fifth fight, the size difference did not dissuade Mehdi. He came forward right away. He landed, he actually landed the first couple shots. He landed a combo, knocked Glenn Sparv back into the cage, and then started grinding on him. Glenn was able to reverse it, use that size, use that strength advantage, and improve position. But that entire fight, Mehdi was moving forward. Mehdi was landing great shots. He was doing incredibly well in the exchanges. I mean, you would not have thought that there was such a huge weight difference, such a huge size difference. But what we saw was every time Glenn would land, Glenn would land the harder, the cleaner strikes. And a lot of people kind of don't give Glenn the credit he deserves for his sneakiness of his striking game. I remember seeing him fight James Cheney in China up in uh, Kunming at Rain and Power, and he was catching uh, Cheney over and over with this sort of step-in slicing elbow and just chopped his entire forehead open. Very crafty guy. Glenn's an incredibly well-rounded fighter, and as good as Mehdi looked on his feet, you could tell he's still much more of a grappler. He's early in his career. He's got a lot of room to grow, and to be honest, Glenn was just too much too soon, and he ended up catching Mehdi right across the face with a soccer kick and uh, just finished the fight. It was a fantastic fight, though, incredible title fight, and I think it shows that we're going to see a ton of great things from Mehdi. That wrestling background and the stand-up he already has is just going to get better. He is going to be a force at middleweight, or maybe, maybe he goes down to welterweight and we see him just dominate and be a beast at welterweight because that would be amazing. I don't know if he can make the cut. I kind of feel like he could. You know, if Glenn can make middleweight, Mehdi can surely make welterweight, and he would be a monster. But 
At the end of the day, the Finn improves to 20-5, and five, that making him the very first ever FMD middleweight champion in what was probably the most fitting main event for an FMD you could have. That A, a fantastic fight with a, a challenger that just wanted it. You know, a guy coming in who was the, the hands-on favorite, but, you know, crafty veteran just pulled it out. That's what FMD's about, man. It, it's, it's about these types of great atmospheres and fights and, and a great show. It really is MMA theater. Now, overall, like I said, this is an amazing fight night of fights. FMD always delivers. I'm going to include a link in the show notes for the whole event video so you guys can watch it. You can, you can take a look at the whole event. It's definitely worth watching. Every fight on it is pretty much a standout, except for that Jack Tan fight that I talked about. I'm also going to include some links to some photo albums put together by uh, one, my friend Bob Fisher from Pugil Picks. And two, John Walsh of Clinch Report and Clinch Picks. Those guys do a great job of capturing the moments during the fight. And they they put a lot of work into putting their albums together. And I think it's one of the best ways to experience sort of the fight not in video. Is to see those moments that they capture. So definitely check those out. The links will be in the show notes. And to stay up to date with all things Asian MMA... Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and Facebook. I'm still working on Spotify. I'm trying to get it pushed through. Has not been approved yet. Just got approved on iTunes today, so you can find it there. Have all the links in the show notes. Check it out.